Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, March 4th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Before we get into our scripture, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, in a world full of violence in this Lenten season, when we think about the sins that have turned us away from you, that have brought us away from your light. We ask that we would return, return with justice, return with mercy, return with love for this world. And pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Listen now to our lesson from the ninth chapter of John's gospel, verses 1 through 7 and 18 through 25. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and with saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, "Go, wash in the pool of Shalom." The man went and washed and came back able to see. Now the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked him, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And his parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man, Jesus, is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, please tell us about the worst <laughs> date you've ever been on. <laughs> uh, okay, so when I was young, um, I worked in this office and for a long time I was dating someone and then we broke up and so work kind of got around and there was someone who asked me out who came into the office regularly and I realized from the minute he walked in my house to pick me up that like 
he had a pretty big crush that felt really awkward. Like <laughs> the first thing he said to me when he walked in was, can I have you a hug? I've been waiting for months. And I was like, ooh, I don't know strong that I want to do this. first line. Yeah. That but I think. first line. And all I could think was, but he doesn't even know me. You know what I mean? Like, so that was the most awkward to be sure. I went on another one where someone told me, he's so hilarious. You'll love him. He wasn't hilarious. He was kind of mean. <laughs> and I did not love him. Yes. And you, pray tell, worst date? Uh, probably the worst date. Um was <laughs> I think I can't remember exactly but it was with my high school girlfriend and it was a big anniversary for us it was I think we had been dating for three years which Sheesh. in high school I think I was a freshman in college at this point I was back for some reason so it was a big deal uh you know high school that's you know three years is 30 years in, in a high school <laughs> or I guess a freshman in college at uh, child's mind and uh and so we had dinner plans but my little brother had a wrestling tournament and i really wanted to go watch him and support him uh so on our way to the wrestling tournament we are driving a one of my parents cars and as you know it must have been near the summer because it overheated <laughs> and, and it was so hot uh so we were stranded in the middle of nowhere waiting for my parents to come pick us up. So that wasn't a great start to the day. Yeah. Uh, and then we get there at the wrestling tournament, and my little brother does very well and makes it to the finals. So clearly I'm not leaving. But You spend the whole I, thing I, at the wrestling tournament. And she was not happy. Oh, <laughs> uh, which is fair because to be in a high school gym – uh, when you are a oh, sophomore in sweaty. college and it's sweaty and it's horribly run. And so yeah. at one point between rounds, they just took an hour break at like mm-hmm. five o'clock for no reason. Uh, and we're just sitting there and she's like asking me to leave. And I keep saying no. So it was oh, not a great. Uh, yeah. But my little brother won. Uh, and <laughs> and she's gone. And she's gone. And he's still my brother. So <laughs> that, I just thought of another one, too. Brian and I dated for four years. Wow. And we were getting to the point where, like, we were talking about marriage. And mm-hmm. I thought it has to happen any day now or this isn't sustainable. So it's Valentine's Day. And I think for sure. Right? We've agreed we want to get married. Yeah. This would be the perfect time. Yeah. It comes to pick me up. Would you like to guess what my Valentine's Day gift was? Um, a keychain. A VCR. <laughs> Had I asked for a VCR? Not so much. Am I a TV watcher? Uh-uh. I just remember being like, it's seeing the big box and being like, are you kidding me? Did it have an automatic rewind, though, oh, at gosh. the end of VHS? Because that would, like, totally make it Lord worth it. love my pragmatic husband. <laughs> Oh, but to our scripture, um, what does the passage mean when it talks about the Jews? We've heard that several times in the Gospel of John, and and what is the concern their concern with Jesus and and with his followers? So, every time you read the Jews, what you should really be reading is the religious authorities. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a story of a um, group of people, the Jews hating on Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is the story of people who are in power being threatened by someone taking over that power. That's Mm -hmm. really what it's about. Mm -hmm. And so every time I say the Jews, I really want to say 
the religious authorities of the day, Mm -hmm. the religious authorities, because that's who we're talking about. And what they're afraid of is that Jesus is gaining power. Um, I do think that it is sincere, too, in a way, because for someone to come into the world and claim to be God is blasphemous. Mm-hmm. It goes against, mm-hmm. you know, the heart. I want to want them in my church. Right. <laughs> if someone comes in and is like, I'm Jesus, mm. I'm not going to be like, awesome. <laughs> um, so I just, there is that. And so as Jesus heals, um, as more and more people are following him, the conversation for the religious authorities has to be, but this, we have to discredit this man. Mm-hmm. And they want to discredit him by saying he's a sinner, which is so interesting, right? Because that's the question we started out with. Who's the sinner mm-hmm. that someone is born blind? Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be their claim in this instance. Well, he's a sinner. And, you know, if you're a sinner, you can't do the works of God. And yet he is. And I just love, love, love the test- testimony of the man. I don't know if he's a sinner. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. I love the simplicity of that. Yeah. I think it's so important to identify what you just said about the religious leaders, because if we look at our, if we take an honest look at our history as Christians, the Gospel of John specifically has uh, been used for anti-Semitic uh, yep. pr- uh, roles that Christians have partook in, partaken in. So it's it's very important to distinguish uh, those two things because again when this was written uh the the people writing it though they were followers of christ still would have considered themselves jews <laughs> and so uh that is that is super important um and and we had talked a little bit about this uh, earlier this week um not on the podcast but uh the second part of the story many scholars think that it was kind of written um later uh this is the only the second part is kind of it only happens in in the gospel of john and some people think that uh it was describing what was happening for the community at that time that there were uh, jewish people who were followers of christ as well who could not go into the synagogue that were being cast out of it that opposinagus word is only used here in the new testament uh which is horrifying uh for a jewish person uh because the synagogue was the absolute uh center of life um and so this story and then also i I love how you paired psalm 27 with it of um this story is is bringing us to light that even in when when you are tossed out of the center of your cultural life even when your mother and father may abandon you uh, that it is Christ who brings light in the world and helps you to see. Uh, and so it is a great story of hope uh, in the midst of, uh, you know, absolute despair, it, as we can see from the parents' absolute, uh, <laughs> totally passing the buck onto their... <laughs> well, and, you know, John, uh, the author of John's Gospel, really loves... Um, the reversal. And so what I mean by that is mm-hmm. this second part of the story should be a celebration, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like when the prodigal son returns and there's mm-hmm. a party, if your son has been born blind and is given his sight after all of those years, there should be nothing but a celebration. But I don't think it's any small thing mm-hmm. to be told you'll be thrown out of the synagogue. Yeah. That also means shunned yeah. in your community. Yeah. And 
this was a time when community was everything. Mm -hmm. When community meant that you wouldn't starve Mm -hmm. even if you ran out of food. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I don't know. I I empathize, I guess, with the the parents. Totally. Um, And, you know, the man has already, it isn't in this passage, the man's already gone around saying that Jesus healed him. Mm -hmm. So when they say, ask him, you know, they know that he's already given his testimony, but, um, but yeah, they were afraid. I think I also like to read this passage as one who is in some way a religious authority. Mm-hmm. And where do I feel threatened? Where am I um, not celebrating and being worried about other things? I think those are questions we all have to ask as leaders in the church. Well, and I think that, I mean, I was just reading it as myself, as the parents of, of uh, when I see something wonderful, uh, do I continue to pass on uh, the testimony and glory of that? Or I'm like, no, go ask them. <laughs> They'll explain it to you. It's yeah. fine. Uh, I think it's a classic double bind of if we celebrate, we're going to be cast out. Mm-hmm. If we tell the truth, we're going to be cast out. Mm-hmm. And so we have to do this. We don't know what happened. Just ask him. Yeah. And that's got to feel terrible, too. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I hope we all are able to give our own testimony of the times we were blind and now see. But we will close today with a quote from Neil Gaiman, who has said, There's none so blind as the one who will not listen. Hmm. Thank you all for being with us. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend. We'll be back again on Monday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.